The Grad Guys Podcast, the show that demystifies the competency-based interview process and settles interview anxiety by providing you with direction, guidance, and support so you can interview with confidence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second Grad Guys podcast. Um, as you know, we're here to help anxious graduates succeed in interview, and we're here today to unlock the mystery around the STAR interview method. And uh, as some of you may have heard of this before, the situation, task, action, and result, the STAR model or STAR method. Um, it's a really good way to answer competency-based questions, uh, particularly as it stops you from waffling on. It allows you to give a really full-rounded answer with a clear result. And it's a really good structured approach to answering not just competency-based questions, but really any interview question. But you'll probably come across it more so in a competency-based interview. Um, now, the interviewer will have set a number of competencies that they want you to evidence within that interview. So it's really important that you understand exactly what they're looking for in each question they put to you. Uh, now, the majority of public sector interviews will normally give you an outline of the competency areas that they're going to be assessing you in. You can normally find this attached to the job description or on the website. Or if you do a little bit of research about the organization, there's normally a framework that the interviewers are working towards. So that will really help you nail down exactly what competency be, competencies are being looked at and help you prepare even more for your interview and assist you in um, you know, feeling a lot more confident about your interview and reducing that anxiety because you kind of know what you're going to what 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 to expect really what kind of questions could be asked of you uh, which is always a bonus uh, now obviously i'm ash one of the grad guys here i've got my colleague and fellow co-founder with me pete hi pete how you doing hi ash yeah i'm good thanks all good yeah good, good. To go. i love a yeah. bit of star star model yeah me too i think this is um this is one thing that we can really add add some value i think here um you know we're quite quite well versed in using this this uh, this method so looking forward to you know getting getting to discuss it a bit more in detail um so we've just sort of given a really brief introduction there about what the star method is and you know its use around competency-based interview questions i just thought maybe we should start off with discussing you know what is a competency so i'll, I'll hand it over to you Pete, if you want to sort of go through what is a competency what does it look like yeah i mean i think I think a lot of people when they see this, this they hear this word competence and they see it in the in sort of the interview pack, they they have a real panic on because it's like, well, what is a competency? What does it mean? So um to give you a bit of background, competencies they're used extensively in the public sector because they're they're more of a standardized way of of interviewing people. Um compared to the private sector where you can be a bit more um be a bit more kind of innovative the way you the way you interview people. This is very set criteria to make it fair and to make it and and to demonstrate um, that you've already um, attained a certain skill and you can demonstrate a certain skill, able to handle a certain situation rather than just talk a good game. You actually have to evidence um, what you would do. So competencies will be. Um, broken down into different categories there'll be some there'll be things such as leadership values and ethics diversity professionalism working with others those sort of things um and they're all aimed at and, and within those competencies there's little subsections that um of points that the interview will, will want you to hit to demonstrate that you have got good leadership skills that you um that you are professional and that you can demonstrate diversity uh, working with others. It, and the whole point of it is to 
basically just ascertain that you can do these things before you've even um, got into the workplace. But I can hear you all thinking, um, I don't have any experience yet. I've just graduated. I don't have experience. How am I going to demonstrate it? And I think um, I'm sure I should agree on this, that it's really important. You don't have to have had a high flying job to demonstrate these competencies. You don't have to have lots of work experience to demonstrate um, the competencies. You can demonstrate a competency from from volunteer work, from from doing a Saturday job, from um, a sports club that you that you go to, you can demonstrate all these things um, with, without having vast amounts of work experience. It's how you present the example and if and how you hit those competency markers, which is important. Just to give you an example, um, a job I went for in the public sector, I had. I didn't had had little experience of the workplace, but I did work in a shoe shop, and I actually had a diversity question about challenging um, difficult behaviour, which is, is it, challenging someone's behaviour, which is a difficult question to kind of deal with. It it's quite a, it's quite a difficult one, um, but if you think about it, you probably do it all the time. And I, I used an example from when I worked in the shoe shop in the canteen, um, a colleague of mine made a comment, a uh, very, what I would deem homophobic comment. And, and I explained to them, I sat them down how that kind of, um, that kind of comment could offend a lot of people and how, how it wasn't, um, appropriate for the workplace to say things like that. Um, and I used that in a, as a, in a, um, competency-based interview and I scored really highly on it. So that's just an example. That was a conversation in the canteen. So it's an example of how it can work really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'd agree, Ash. You don't, you don't need lots of work experience to be able to answer these questions. It's really just about presenting them well and expressing yourself. And, and you have all these values and skills within you. You just need to be able to express them correctly. Definitely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Everyone will have some sort of experience or, you know, recollection of an incident that's happened where they perhaps can, can, you know, use that going forward as part of their interview prep and as one of their responses to these interview questions. Uh, one thing I like to do is, is kind of keep a journal. You know, when something happens, you think if you, you know, if you're going for a job, it's, it's good practice to do it anyway, I think. Keep a journal, almost a bit like a journal of interview evidence that you have there you can be like right this was a really good situation what potential competencies in the area i'm looking to go for could this hit so you've at least got it written down in note form you can make some notes and then you know when you do come to that interview prep you've got something half ready to go and you've got a skeleton of, a, of an answer there ready to go definitely definitely it's that's a great that's a great tip just just when you do face these things and and you do think that's a great example of um a potential competency get it down and and it will make it 10 times easier when you get to a competency based interview to have a a list of um examples you can look back on um, yeah and, and sorry i was just gonna say there's different methods isn't there like you know a journal might work for someone i quite like a, journal, a bit of both journal and maybe like a mind map as well so you yeah. can mind the, the competency and have like little spider diagrams going out with, with what you might be hitting. So it's whatever works, works for you, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I like little voice memos on my phone. I just record little voice memos when I think of things and I, and I, I keep a log of them there. Anything, anything to just make, make this easier is a, is a, is a really good thing. Um, yeah. And I think just, also to remember that when you do have a competency based question, they will be a specific question uh, weaved within that 
competency. So it's really important that as well as having a good example that you answer the question that they are asking. Okay. I want you to all remember that because it's really important. So what, as well as having a good example of a competency, you must answer the question. Really important, really important for an interviewer. I'm sure Ash and I have been on interviews before. We've interviewed people where they've they've given a great example, but they haven't answered the question. And it's really frustrating, isn't it, Ash? Because you know oh, it's definitely. a good example. But well, if, if it was the, they've just chose or they choose the wrong evidence uh, or the or the wrong example for mm. for that particular competence competency. So it's it's like you know you can't score them because obviously there's there's a grade in here and the whole idea behind competency based interview and as, as we've discussed is to make it fairer. Uh, you know, so across a, a broad spectrum of candidates is the, the it's a lot fairer um, because you're actually grading them against a framework or, or a competence list of competencies. But yeah, that, you know they come up with an amazing example that you think, wow, yeah, that's great, but unfortunately. I can't score you on any of these competency categories right. here or criteria because it just doesn't fit the question being asked. So, yeah, this is why it's really important, I think, to have that bank of potential answers, bank of that experience, evidence, knowledge that you've got, have that bank so that then, you know, you can almost pick them out, can't you, your examples and go, yeah. well, that one doesn't really fit with this question. If it means you take a deep breath, you take a sip of water, if there's water provided, whatever, you have a little think let the cogs turn in the brain, think, right, well, which example do I need to use? There's nothing wrong in that. And, you know, I've done that numerous times. I'm sure you have as well, Pete. But you you need to make sure you're picking the right example. And like you say, answering the goddamn question because that's where people go wrong. Yeah, definitely. It's very frustrating. Um, Yeah, and I think... um, it is about giving yourself that time and to be be adaptable to what question comes your way. it is a really good good point there. Having that sip of water, having that pause. You're you you're you you're relaxed. You're in control, so you know you will answer um, what, how and when you want to answer. So that's really important as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll touch upon kind of like interview behavioural techniques and, and that kind of stuff in a, in a later episode. But it's well worth mentioning it here because it, it kind of is it is very important, isn't it? When you when you discussing the star method as well because because it's that physicality of being in that interview environment and how you're going to get your answers across um i think something else else worth mentioning at this point is also if you can try and get in the mindset of the interviewer as well like what would you want to hear if you were the person interviewing on the other side of the table the other side of the room whatever you know bearing in mind there could be well tens tens to hundreds of candidates going for for a job this job potentially um so you know what would you want to hear and what's going to set you apart from the rest rest of the crowd you know if you've got a really good example that maybe you know maybe something a little bit niche or a little bit different perhaps if, if you've weaved it in the right way it can be a really interesting engaging answer for for an interviewer to hear and it kind of makes you sit up doesn't it i know we've we've had situations like that where we've interviewed people and you think wow that's 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 a cracking example yeah, definitely. And, I, and and a really strong example really sets you apart from everyone else. It really does, because they might be interviewing 10 people. They might be interviewing 50 people, but it doesn't matter. You've got to, you've got to just provide your best game and, and you've got to stand out from from the crowd. That's what it's all about. 100 percent. And I know from my experience as well, when you do get a candidate's got a really good example, it does stick in your mind. You do you do you do remember that, don't you? Like you might interview another yeah. 10 people afterwards, but it will be that one you th- that that sticks in your mind. I think that's a great example. And that's almost sort of set the bar for that interview 
panel, hasn't it? Or for that, you know, that period of interviews, you've, you've raised the bar there and you think, well, that's what I'm marking everything towards now. Although you've got the competency framework, but, you, but you're kind of almost judging that as well, aren't you? And it's, um, I think it's a really good thing to consider as well. Definitely. Right. So I think um, that was quite a, a good introduction to the STAR method and, you know, what, what competencies are and the competency category areas and, and kind of how these are used, particularly within the public sector. It's not to say you won't experience these in the private sector. A lot of kind of um, large corporations, um, you know, FTSE 100 companies are now starting to move over to the competency based um, arena and, and questioning methods because they are very successful and they do work and they do like we say give that element of fairness uh, no interview is ever going to be 100 fair but it does kind of make a level playing field as best that, as best that there can be uh, right so let's actually move on to the star method itself and we'll start with the first part which is the s the situation so um pete you want to explain what this is all about the situation what does that actually mean yeah well situation so this is where you set your scene so you have to imagine you're almost almost telling a story really and you're you're setting your scene and explaining the context of your example so you want to mention things like what was your position like what what was your what was your role like if it's a work-based example what was your position in the in the company what was your if you're a sports club what position did you hold there if you're a volunteer what what position you were um what was happening with within the company or or sports club or volunteer sector at the time sort of just give a wider context so it was a busy time for our um company um i've got an example say i go back to my shoe shop example i was the assistant manager of a shoe shop and the company was in financial difficulty as as it was losing stocks um so just something like that that's that that gives a, a really good illustration of what was happening a really strong introduction um and make it vivid as well, because you you want you want to bring the interviewer into this example. You want them to to live it basically. So make it as vivid as possible, um, and help them understand the background of your example. It's, it's really important um, that you you get this part right. It's something I think sometimes people kind of they gloss over, but you have to remember the interviewer. This is their time to get to know you, and and you've really got to like explain the situation well because. The better you explain the situation, the better your actions will look of how you address it. So it's really important. I I personally, I like to start with a really powerful introduction to any star method, competency-based answer. I, I always think it's a good thing to just start with a an introduction and to but what what this example demonstrates um like a really strong powerful introduction gets their attention and and then helps set that scene as well definitely it's it, yeah it's key isn't it like i like you say i think some people do do sort of gloss over this and, and think oh well i'm not going to score, score the marks particularly for that part but it does like you say set the set the tone set the context for the rest of your example um and if you don't do that you've got to bear in mind it's really hard for for the interviewer they're sat there you know they're, they're trying to process something verbally and mark you to a to a, a competency framework or a score sheet they've got there so like you say if you can make that vivid and you can almost get them to be in your shoes for that example that's going to make the rest of it flow really well really naturally and really enable them to get into that get into the head of what you, what it was like for you dealing with that problem or dealing with that situation that, you, that you're giving the evidence for um i think i think that's really really key and you know it's the situation part of this 
needs to be given a bit more attention, I think, than than some people care for a lot of the time. Yeah, it makes it makes the it starts making the example um, come to life. Basically, you've really got to illustrate that, and and this is about our. Again, I know we'll go into it in future podcasts, but this is about our, our um, building up our confidence and our, our, our being relaxed enough to kind of to kind of um, be yourself and, and loosen up and explain. Like you're you're going to be proud of this example, so you really want to set that scene and 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 you want to uh, give over this example with enthusiasm and 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 make sure you're like, well, it was a difficult situation because of this, this, and this, and and that's what's really important. Yeah, completely agree. It, yeah, if you get this bit right, I think it almost calms you as well, doesn't it? When you're when you're given the yeah. answer, because this bit you can't really you can't really mess this up because you you'll have it in your head. You'll be like, well, well I know what I was doing because yeah. you know, I, I worked in the shoe shop. I know I was the assistant manager. Like, how can I forget that? And yeah, we were we were in financial difficulty. We were losing stock by whatever percent or blah blah blah. But you know that. So this is the easier part of the example to give. So that will. You know, take a deep breath. That helps lower that, lower your heart rate, rate, get really into it. And then the rest of the interview where you're actually giving the meatier part of your answer will just flow, I think. So that's exactly it. That's a really good point as well. It's like you were there. You, you're the one. Yeah. This is your example. You were there. Uh, it's, it's from your perspective. You're, you're, you were there. You know the details. You're, this is you presenting it. So that's, that's a really good point there. Definitely. So that situation, I think we've pretty much covered that. There's not really, you know, you can't really, there's not really much more to add to that, I don't think, is there, Pete? It's, no. You know. Um, okay, should we move on to task then? So what are we kind of getting across when we're, when we're talking about task in an interview example? So again, it's really key. You have to explain what your task was, right? This. Um, what you were trying to achieve and why you were trying to achieve it as well. So what and why, really important there. So, and include the importance of the task. Like why was this task important? So just to go back to that shoe shop example. Um, so you undertook, you, you undertook a stock take of the shop because I wanted to trace where we were losing stock. If we could identify where we were losing stock, we could stop it and stop the company losing money. So just within that small kind of, sentence there i've illustrated what i was trying to achieve and why i was trying to achieve it, it again it's, it's quite subtle quite nuanced but I've, I've i've put in there why and what i was trying to achieve um really important and and the importance of the task so i wanted to stop the company losing money because and it was really important that we did that um because it ultimately if the company loses money it might sink under I don't have a job and loads of people lose their jobs. So really important we, we convey that properly. Mm, what, I think, what our task was. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's really important, like the what and the why. Definitely, if you, if you miss out one aspect of that, again, your example just falls down. So you really need to make sure you get both those in. I think this is also a really good um, part of the, the STAR method where you can also instill your values as well. You know, like you said there, you know, I wanted to stop the company losing losing money because I care. I care about my colleagues. You know, I care about, you know, you don't have to do going to war and peace, but it's kind of this is where you can start to weave in other aspects of of the job description, the job role you're going for and who you are as a person and how you resonate with a company's core values and their beliefs, which obviously if you've done your homework and your research, which you should be doing, you know, looking thoroughly into the job, which again, we'll cover in a later episode, but, you know, doing your research on these organizations that you're going for, learning their values, 
you know, what are they about? How does that fit with you? And then you can start to weave these into these examples as well. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's a really good point. Yeah. Weaving, weaving it in. Great, great point there, Ash. Again, like we said, task doesn't have to be war and peace. It's literally punchy, short, concise, punchy to the point. This was what it was. This was why we did it. This is what we're hoping to, you know, achieve by it. So, yeah, I think I think we've covered that, really. So yeah. the next part of the star model is obviously the A, which stands for action. So this is where we're explaining what you did. So what you as the, the interviewee or the candidate has actually done. Do you want to provide a bit more context around that, Pete? Yeah, this is this is the uh, important part to detail your actions. And I emphasize the your part of that. Don't ever take credit for the actions of others. People will be able to find that out. You're sounding sincere. You're sound disingenuous. And you do not want to come across as dishonest with an interview. Well, you, you can see a mile off, can't you, when someone's lying. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. they have that like mental shutdown and you can just see like a cogs turn. And it's like, well, this isn't this isn't your example, is it, mate? Like you didn't do this. And I think it really shows. And and I always think as well, sorry, we're going off a bit of a tangent here, but it's probably worth mentioning. That's not a good way, is it, to start on on, on a lying footing, on, on, on a foundation built on lies for your, no. for your career. I think it's not a, not a good first impression to leave. Any interviewer worth their salt will see through that a mile off. Um, it's no, there's no, there's no harm in doing an example where you worked with other people. I'm not saying that, and like a plenty of examples, you, you'll never do like everything by yourself. It's, it's not. We're not saying that, and it's, it's really important to give yourself enough credit. But equally, it, you, you, you make sure that you. Um, communicate your actions what you did not what anyone else did not what um like don't ever take that credit because as ash said people will see it a mile off it it's a terrible way to start in a company and and you won't get the job frankly because people will see through it well who wants to employ someone's gonna lie that's 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 the crux of it isn't it exactly but equally though it's, it's not a time to be modest um you, you're the main protagonist in your example. It's your example, okay? Um, and and like, say two or three of you um, contributed to a really good bit of work. Not a problem, not a problem. But you just you just make sure that you just show what you did. So again, using the, the shoe shop analogy, so I, I would say something like I worked with all the different departments within the company to trace where the stock was missing. I organized, and this was a strategy meeting, then I delegated tasks to my team. I asked my colleagues in the relevant departments to supply me with the information I needed to complete this task. Things like that. So again, I, I haven't said that I've done everything myself, but I've said how I did it. And I think, um, remember within your actions, what is the competency? What What is the competency? What are they wanting you to show that you can do? Is it teamwork? Is it leadership? Um, as we've said before, no point in having a great competency. If you've um, a great example where you've achieved something, it's impressive, but it doesn't hit the competency. You need to work your example into the competency. So you're hitting those um parts that you need to to score the marks okay um yeah and that yeah. example you just gave there pete i mean already you know all that's quite brief and succinct it, it, you could already see the two competencies you were hitting there which would have been sort of teamwork and leadership yeah and, exactly you know, so it, it really is about being that blatant and that obvious with 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 what you're trying to convey here isn't it yeah and and i think i think what sometimes 
people don't realise in in a in a competency based um, in a competency based interview is, is you do a lot of these things. You do you will meet with your teammates and discuss a strategy. You you'll have done that, but you probably won't even realise that you've done it. But if you write it in the correct way by having an initial strategy meeting, it sounds so much more positive than I I stood with my mate and we discussed it for five minutes. No, yeah. that's not what you did. And again, it's just it's just writing it in the way that um that comes across well to the interviewer that you will have done you will have you you will have done most of these things in the competency you just need to realize that you have and 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 um be able to illustrate it correctly it's probably a good point actually to talk about you know how your use of sort of like powerful or action verbs can help here as well definitely you know, just just to you know make it more concise make your example more concise and sort of chop down a bit of blur basically blurb that you just you just spur out and it sounds a lot better as well it flows a lot better so that example you just used there about you know your colleagues yeah you might have been stood around the water cooler having a chat but you made some decisions there didn't you you did you know you maybe you did say yeah let's we go out and have a chat well yeah you have organized a meeting yeah, it might not be a conventional meeting that people think around a boardroom or whatever, but you have organized a meeting and did you get some sort of actionable action out of it or result? Yeah, you did. So you so you know, let's pick yourself up about it. Let's like you said earlier, let's um you know, it's not time to be modest. Let's say, no, I did this. This is what I did. And this is where you can use some different words, isn't it? So rather than just sort of saying, oh, yes, yeah, sometimes I used to speak with my colleagues around the water cooler and we'd we'd have a chat about how we could uh, you know, save money. Well, why not change that to, uh, yeah, you know, I, I arranged a strategy meeting with my colleagues where I persuaded them to uh, look at different uh, different uh, things we could implement to save money or something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was off the top of my head, obviously, it'd be a, a little bit more detailed. But you can see how just by changing a few of those keywords, adding those sort of verbs in, those, those action words, you can really make things sound a, a lot better and make your example a lot meatier. Yeah, you, you, want, you want that example to come to life and you want it to be meaty to have... Um, you want it to be meaty to be able to sort of illustrate it properly to the for the interviewer. I mean, something that I usually do with these interviews, if I was if I was going or when I have gone through competency based interviews, I normally have a few key hooks in my mind of points that I want to get across. So then I can talk quite conversationally, but I, I have I'm getting in the points that I want that hit those competency marks. So I, I make little sort of um, hooks in my mind that I'll hook a conversation around um, and then convey that properly. Again, using those um, those words that Ash has just described there, because it's a lot more impactive and you have to be you have to be succinct in this as well. You don't want to you, you don't want to bore the interviewer. You want to be you want to make them feel that they're in in your example and they're alive to the example that's a really good point i like i like the um what you're saying there pete around the hooks because I, I think that's a really good way of almost like having way markers in your in your interview like your example yeah. so you kind of like, right well I've, I've got that hook take it off like in your head yeah i've done that right okay i know where i am now so you know if you have got nerves a bit of anxiety you know you're struggling a little bit you can get back on track quite quickly can't you because you know no no i've done all right here i know i've said that i've said that and it's almost like you've got that chronological order in your head of your example and you know where you're at so i think it really helps with those that might be suffering from from the nerve a bit more nervousness or anxiety than, than some people do yeah i mean i think i think you're completely right and i, I think Actually, a lot of people really fear the competency-based interview 
However, if you look at it from the other perspective, you you kind of you kind of know the area that they're going to talk about. So you can you can pre pre plan a lot of of, of these questions and have that example. So and it does help settle the nerves. Uh, Again, we're going to go through mindfulness and and, um, and interview anxiety. What is what we're about. Um, But I think. This clear preparation, a star model can really, really just help calm those nerves because it gives you a really good structure. And and the human mind is good at working with structure. If you learn something, it's easy to kind of, you don't ever want to just repeat and, and splurt it out like a robot, but you do want to be able to hit those main points in your mind. That's why I talk about these little hooks, having these hooks in your mind that you can frame a conversation around because then it sounds sounds natural, but you're equally going through a plan in your head. Yeah, I think that's great. And this is probably a pretty poor analogy, but it's almost as if like the structure is, imagine like a structure of a tent. You've got like your metal poles and all that and your rods. That's that's the core foundation of your interview example, isn't it? So there's certain things you, you're definitely going to want to get put across, put across during this interview. And then, you know, you put the cover on top and then you put the guide ropes on and all the other bits and bobs for the tent. That's kind of like the meter bit. You can kind of ad lib in some respects because you know it, it's your evidence. You, you were there, you did it. So... You're yeah. probably, I find a lot of time you sat there in an interview and you come up with stuff you hadn't even thought about when you were planning your interview. So as yeah. long as you have structure in place and you, like you say, you have those little hooks or those things you definitely want to get across and you've got that, that's, it's not a script. It's a structure. Like you said, Pete, we don't want to be, you know, monotone. I did this. I did it. That's not going to score your high marks. You need to be, you know, coming across naturally and flowing. But I think that's, that's a really good good way of structuring the interview and, and like you said earlier it will, it will help reduce those those interview nerves yeah definitely i think i think you you'll be set you'll be a bit more settled because you'll know you'll know what you want to say you'll know what you're about you're proud of your example and you'll know what you want to say you'll know what you want to get across you want to get across those hooks and that's that's what you need to do so yeah i think it's a really good way of looking at it Excellent. So, so that was action, and this is probably, I would say, where you're going to score the majority of your marks, isn't it? The action is kind of the the meaty part. Yeah, that, that's where you're going to be picking up your, your core competencies and stuff. So, you probably want to make this a little bit longer than the other parts. Would you say, Pete? Yeah, definitely. No, you're completely right. I think I think you're that is where you're going to score most of your marks because the interviewer wants to know what you did, how you did it, why you did it, what your motivations were. Um, so, and that's where you can really put that across. Um, yeah, it's a really good point. And that's, that is where you'll get most of your marks. Excellent. Right. So moving on to the last part of the star method, which is R, which stands for result. Uh, so why, why, why do we need to mention results then Pete? What's, what's the deal with that? Why, why is that relevant? Well, well, if you if you think what 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 if you if you're gonna tell a, a great story of like um, uh, of a bit of a bit of work or or, an, or something you're really proud of, I think I think it would be really disappointing if you didn't have a good ending to it. If the, if it didn't have a good ending to it, so it's like it's like going to going to a movie and just like yeah. oh, walking out three quarters of the way, isn't it? And being like exactly. Oh, I, I don't know what happened because I, I walked out. Like, exactly, and and the, and the end was just terrible. The middle was great, but the end was terrible. So, so what, a good solid result is really important. Um, and yeah, let's try and make it a good good result. Don't try not to pick an example where you didn't achieve your goal because it's not 
it, it sounds an obvious point, but it's really not going to sound as good. No, we've um, seen it. I've seen it. I've seen people that, they, they, you know, they do their situation, they do the task, they do the action. You're thinking, yeah, this is great. This is really good. It's going to be really good. Now, now, what did you do? What happened? What happened? And you're like, you almost like can't wait for the ending. And it's like, it just, it just went really flat. It's like, yeah. it's like you've watched six seasons of like the best show ever. And then the, 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 the final episode is just total crap, you know? Yeah. It's always like that. And it's such a letdown. Exactly, it is a letdown, and, and as interview, you get, you do get into, you're, you're invested into the story, you're invested into the example, and you want to have a good ending, don't you? You want to have a good, good ending. I they mean, I have like a good ending, don't they? Exactly. I know happy ending, but that could be construed wrong. But you do want a good ending to a story. Exactly, you do, you really do, um, and I think if you can give a quantifiable result, it's, it's amazing. If you can say something. Um, so like to go back to the shoe shop example from my actions, we're able to recover 70% of our lost stock, which increased my company's profit by 30%. So really good quantifiable, um, ending to that anecdote and that, that, um, example there, it, that, that is probably the best thing. If you can evidence a, a tangible result, it doesn't have to be in terms of percentages or sales or whatnots. You could you could say something like um, uh, that when I when I challenged someone, um, they went on a um, it, it then it then set my company to um, have um, training about awareness of what comments were right and um, and professional for the workplace, etc. Something like that. Um, it could be like. Um, after I highlighted this health and safety problem, um, all the fire extinguishers in the company were changed and the, everyone received health and safety training, something like that. And that can be a really good a result as well. It's something that, again, is attention grabbing um, and quantifiable. That's that's what the word I want you to remember with this, a quantifiable result, a good result. And as well, I think another really impacted thing to say in your result is what you've learned from the experience as well, which Definitely. shows key. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, me and Ash are doing this because we've learned from our experiences. That that's why we know about the star model. That's why we we know about um, competency based interviews because we've been through them, we've done through them, we've messed up in them i'm sure ash you've got some horrendous experiences as have i that we'll detail in our future podcasts <laughs> um and that's 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 what it's about learning from that experience reflecting uh, and 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 um building upon that experience and and the result is a place to do that so you can say yeah we um profits were up 70 percent and i learned from this that i'm actually um a strong leader that can that can organize um a team it's just something like that um and from then i've gone to do um leadership training within my company something like that is an incredible thing to say it doesn't have to be as powerful isn't it's it it's very powerful yeah and if you if you know you've got you've got someone there you've got a candidate that is you know not only are they they're ticking all the right boxes around the competencies but also they're self-aware they are self-aware exactly. uh, of their weaknesses and their, their strengths and their weaknesses and where they where they can develop and they want to develop that's a key thing and i think that's going to come across as a really good you know when you're up against different candidates and you've got someone that is self-aware and they understand you know where their strengths and weaknesses lie and they've demonstrated that no they have learned from this experience and this is what they did i think for me 
if I'm if I'm scoring someone an interview, I'm going to be giving them the higher marks because they're they're, they're ticking a lot of boxes there, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, someone that can reflect on something they've done and take the 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 good and the bad from it and 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 the learning from it is is so valuable to an organisation. It really is because it's the sort of people they want. Um, someone that can reflect and someone that can um, is is self aware. That's what people want. It's really important. And there's nothing wrong in. You know, it almost it's quite good to show a little bit of vulnerability there as well. I think so. It it personalizes it, it humanizes it. You yeah. know, you're not a robot, like I said earlier. That's just just spilling off a, a monotone script. No, invest some emotion into this. You know, again, it doesn't have to be war and peace, but like you say, if you can reflect on something and you can show how you developed, then that is a that is a that is again a great result. If you you know you might have an example that doesn't have that tangible result, that tangible result like a percentage or a cost saving, time saving or whatever, you might not have that. Whereas the the learning outcome, the result might have been well, actually no, I I this is what I learned. I, I went on to do this, and this is this is how I've reflected and what I've developed. So that's a really good way of you know examples where there's not necessarily that that quantifiable result. Definitely, definitely, I think. Um... The result is really important. That's what's gonna. That's what's gonna. Um, a, a good result is gonna stick in their minds. The last um, impression. Yeah, it's the last impression, and it can be the difference. I say, um, as I've said, the the action keeps you, gets you the, the scores, but the result might tip you over the edge in terms of scoring, and it's gonna give that lasting impression of you as well. It, it just tops off an example so well. If you can give a good result. That is that will stick with an interviewer. It really will. Most definitely. So that's that's the star model there. Is there anything you want to want to add for a result? I think we've kind of covered that. Yeah, I think I think we're good with that. I think it's just like as I say, impactive and um let it stick with the interviewer. You're proud of it and, and you just you just let that uh, emotion and that, that enthusiasm show. Yeah, yeah. You should be proud of, you know, I, I always find if you do, if you prepare well, not only does it help with your nerves and your anxiety, but you will be proud of your examples. You And you'll want to get it out, won't you? You'll actually want to go to the interview and, yeah. and start spurting it out. And if you do it right, once you get going, you won't want to stop. And then you'll come out of the interview. Even if you don't get a job, you'll be you'll be feeling really positive because you'll be like, no, I remember that. No, I did do that. I did do really well. That was a really good example. And no, I, I, do, I do know what I'm on about. I have got the skills. And I can get this job. And I think it, it just makes you, from a personal morale boosting point of view, it really helps as well. Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So um, there we go. That's the star method or star model, however you want to refer to it. Uh, it's a really good way, like we said, of answering a competency-based question and using it in competency-based interviews. We try and say, I would say, you really want to keep your examples around no longer than four to five minutes. It's probably... The, the, the kind of ballpark figure you want to stick to here. If you go any longer, you're not going to get the interview is not going to be, I'll, I'll ask you the other questions. So you're potentially going to lose marks because you're, you're going on too long. Um, like we said, this model is really good at reducing your anxiety because it can give you that sort of pre-prepared structure for you to, you know, latch all your interview experience and examples and answers onto. But you do need to be careful with this as well. Like we said, be flexible and be able to adapt what, you know, depending on what question you've given, which if you've got a bank full of examples, this is where that, this comes as a nitpick. So if, if you kind yeah. of, if you're looking at the competency framework, if you can get hold of that, you can kind of, there's only so many ways they can ask a question. It'll just be reworded in a certain way. So if you have got that bank of 
examples ready to go, you can kind of pick them out, can't you? And go, well, that that example doesn't really work well with this question, but I've got one in the bank that I can use. And and as well with, with competency based, think about what angle they can come at you with a, with a competency, but you'll have the competency there. You'll, you'll see the competency. Think about what angles they want you to, they want, they want to come at you with, um, Ash and, Ash and I can help you with specific examples in more detail, but yeah, think about think about what angles they can come at you with um, in a competency-based interview. Yeah, and also just make sure you're weaving in those skills, those values. Um, you know, and don't be afraid to be creative with your language as well. Like we said, use those action verbs. In fact, I think it's probably a good idea, Pete. We can, we can create some sort of like, you know cheat not cheat sheet but a sheet of like different verbs that are really good to use yeah. in an interview and we'll, we'll put that up on the facebook group and, and yeah. get that out to the listeners um so that that will really help um yeah and like we said earlier make sure you answer the question because you don't have to sat there five minutes giving all this amazing evidence but it doesn't actually meet the criteria of the question being asked it's not hitting the competencies so that's really important and there's one thing i want to just end with what helps me personally and you might have a you might have a tip as well that you want to leave as a, as a lasting note um one thing i do when i'm i like to type out i start off with a mind map with with a competency and i come off of that and i write you know like you said pete what could they in theory ask me you know what a competency is being being uh, you know assessed and i come off that i do a little mind map and then i start to type something up into not a script keep it quite natural and flowing but it is sort of like i did this blah blah blah, blah. a lot of i did what i did like you say not the time to be modest no it's what you did you're the one sat there it's your evidence it's your example um and then i use i don't know if this works for you people i like to use highlighters so i'll give i like to go through my example so that i know that i'm hitting the star the star method and I'm hitting all the right points, you know, the, the um, situation, task, action, result. I'll give each each one of those a different color of highlighter. So in my example, I know, right, yeah, that's the bit of talking about the situation. Yeah, I've definitely hit the point on the, the task. Yeah, done the action, done the review. And you can also do it for the competencies as well. So you know you're hitting the, it's just something that works for me. I'll get, everyone's got their own yeah. thing that works for them. You, you know, but give it a go. It might be something that helps you and, and helps you structure your answer. Is there any tips you've got, Pete, or anything that works for you? My main my main tip I've already said, but like use the word I, don't use the word we in an example. Um use that. Um and yeah, I would I I would um once what I do are very similar to Ash, I, I write it all down and then I break it down into bullet points to remember, to make it easier to remember. So I write I write a whole essay about my example, and then what I'll do is chop it down into bullet points so I can remember. So I like to get it all out on the page. Um I like to free flow write, um, get my example, my situation, task, action result out onto a page sort of essay style and then I'll work on breaking it down um, and and then putting it into bullet points so I can remember it and then I'll work on remembering those bullet points I um, I'll use color coding as well um, to remember those bullet points um, and then I I also I'm, I'm quite a I like to learn by sort of hearing things I'll, I'll start talk it out I'll listen to it um, I'll have it on my earphones and listen to my bullet points, so it so it gets into my memory, into my subconscious. So then, when I when I do talk, I've got those hooks in my mind that I can um, express out. It comes out in a conversational style because it's in it's in my subconscious, it's in my mind. I know what I want to say, and I I say it with confidence and with enthusiasm. 
That's great. I love it. Yeah, 100% agree with what you said there. Bullet points, listen to yourself, practice, practice, practice. You know, it's the age old saying, practice does make perfect. Get yourself in front of the mirror, listen to yourself, practice your, uh, your interview examples, and you will interview with confidence and you will get that job that you deserve. So thanks thanks for your time today, Pete. Um, really no good words. episode. Hopefully, you, uh, for the listeners, you've got some value out of that. If you have, please make sure you're subscribing to our social media channels and um, spreading the word. Share this this podcast and um, yeah, drop us some comments on on the on our Facebook group. If you're not part of the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Let's get the conversation going. Let's try and um, you know reduce those interview anxiety and nerves. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. We hope you found today's episode useful. If you did, then please be sure to leave a review, share and subscribe. You can also join our Facebook community by searching The Grad Guys and also by checking out thegradguys.com. See you next time.